Hello and welcome to Helpline on Feed, Play, Love with Mothercraft Nurse Chris Minogue. This program is streamed live on Facebook at 11.30 Eastern Standard Time every Monday and then we podcast it every Wednesday. So with that in mind, there are a number of ways you can ask us questions or ask Chris questions, I should say. You can either join us live on Facebook at 11.30 Eastern Standard Time and pop your comments and questions below the video. Or if you're listening to us via the podcast, you can email us at helpline at theparentbrand.com.au. Of course, Chris Minogue is our expert. She is the one who has been helping families for over 30 years there isn't a question I haven't heard her be able to answer when it comes to helping our babies and our toddlers get through the evening. It's ultimately what helps us get through the evening. Chris, thank you so much for joining us again. Thank you. Hi. We have stacks of questions today, so uh, I'm going to get cracking straight away with an email from Judy. She says, my daughter is two years and one month. We moved her on to a single mattress on the floor a month ago to sleep on her own. She has slept on her own since one years old in a cot. For the past month at bedtime, we've been settling her from outside the bedroom. We do thigh patting or simply sit there to reassure that we are outside. She does the usual climb out of bed, cry and complains, but eventually falls asleep after an hour. I expected that the time to settle would reduce over time, but this has not happened. I'm wondering if we're doing something wrong. Also, she still wakes four to five times nightly. Recently, she has escalated and demands mummy instead of daddy for some of the night settles. For all night settles, we go into the room and sit beside her bed. I'm not sure why she has become demanding for mummy to be the one who settles. This is not ideal as we are expecting baby number two in a month and mummy won't be able to be at two places at once. Her her current day is wake at 7am, nap at 1pm, wake from nap at 3pm and bedtime at 9 or 9.30pm. Do you have any suggestions or explanations for her behaviour? Well, Judy, firstly, welcome to the world of two-year-olds. <laughs> they, they are, you know, a force to themselves and it's a beautiful thing and it works beautifully but it can be a difficult and challenging thing. And I think from the question you've asked, the first thing that strikes me is she's very young to go in a bed and to be expected to be able to do it on her own and settle on her own. That is a big thing to ask of a two-year-old. In fact, I think that this would get more difficult as that new baby comes in and she knows that you're all out there with a new baby or that the new baby's in your room. So I personally would put her back in her cot. So that what that will do is give her some boundaries and allow you some boundaries that don't come into having to need fixing things like laying with a baby to go to bed or laying with a toddler to go to bed and what that's like long-term. So if you're happy to be present with her in the room, either you or your husband, and that's the way that you'd like to do it, In order to make it easier, I would be reducing her day sleep a little bit more. So as a two-year-old, I'd probably only give her an hour to an hour and a half. And that way, at least she will go to bed quicker for you in the evening. So if she's up at seven and you put her down at one and she was up at two, then I'd put her to bed at 7.30. And if she was up at 2.30, I'd put her to bed at eight. 
that might reduce how long you have to sit there. But my personal opinion is that you're probably better off putting her back in the cot where she has those sort of nice bars around her that give her a sense of security. And then I think you can do what you were doing before, which was settling from the door and that in the long term, that will be more effective. And then I'd try her back in her bed again when she was just over two and a half. And I think cognitively they do better at that stage. Um, but I think um, if you continue doing it the way that you are doing it, you're going to have to reduce that day sleep right down in order to get the consistency with her sleep in general. Okay. This email comes from, it was one from last week's Facebook Live that we didn't quite get to. She says, hi, ladies. Since our sleep school appointment with Chris, my 11 and a half month old has been self-settling and sleeping from 7.30 p.m. till 7 a.m. most nights. Bravo! Every two to three nights, he'll wake up and not self-settle around 3 a.m. If I go in and pat him, he escalates, screaming and wriggling around. I go in and out patting and leaving him five minutes at a time, but he just screams harder when I'm patting and when I leave. If I pick him up, he stops and calms straight away. But then as long as soon as I put him down, he's screaming again. This typically lasts about an hour and a half. Do you have any other ideas as to how I can settle him when he needs when he needs it without it blowing up into a full-blown war zone. He typically naps 10 till 11 a.m. and 2 to 4 p.m. Would go longer in the morning if I let him, but that stuff's up the afternoon. Sometimes he wakes earlier in the afternoon. Thanks for your help. That's from Emma. Okay, Emma, I think um, he's done beautifully, as, as, as Emma said, since we changed a few things for him. I think it's what's happening. Now he has the ability to self-settle. Sometimes when we come in, it actually agitates them a little bit more. So at that point where you feel you have to go into him, make sure that it's probably just some reassurance he wants and that's all. So say he's had a little cry and you feel it's time to go in. Then when you go in, if you pat him and he accepts it and calms down and give him a little pat till he's calm and quiet and then leave, it'll probably settle him quite quickly. If he starts rolling around and pushing your hand away, he doesn't want that help. What you're doing isn't working. So I'd probably leave, leave him for another few minutes, then go back and try it again. So um, if inadvertently after an hour or 45 minutes, you end up picking him up and putting him to sleep, which would be the right thing, I think he could also get used to that. So I think now that we've got a much better sleeping pattern, we should probably just go back and do a little bit of self-settle and a little bit of comfort and just get you through this last little window. So have another go at it, Emma, and also think about sending your partner in and not you. So that often works. The horror on their face when it's not the mother that will pick them up usually reduces the amount of time they're going to cry and settle. Um, and dads are really consistent. They just do it and they're in and out and in and out and in and out giving self-comfort and it works. So they've come so far from where they were. I think it's this last little push and you'll be okay. 
And I should mention, so what Emma was talking about with sleep school, if you haven't heard of sleep school before, it's something that we're doing with babyology. And Chris is one of our experts along with Karina Lane and Joe Ryan. And so you can book through sleep school, you can book a private session with Chris. So sometimes that might be you haven't had a chance to speak with her on Helpline and other times you probably, you might feel more comfortable just being one-on-one with Chris. So that's an option. There'll be links in the notes here, both in the podcast and on Facebook Live. So I just thought I would mention that before we proceed to the next question, which is pretty straightforward. This one's from Al, um, and she says, it was an email, when do babies naturally sleep through the night? My 10-month-old still wakes for two feeds. It doesn't really bother me, dot, 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 at the moment. I just had never heard anyone describe what happens to babies if we don't encourage sleeping through. So I guess the question is, will he just will sleep he? through? Mm. Look, I think I think if we knew the answer to this magic window, we'd have <laughs> an awful lot of money. And children are very individual. So um, I think it's about whether they need the feed or don't need the feed. So I'm thinking as they get up to that 10 month, they're eating really well in the day. They've got three really good meals on board. They've got a good snack. They've usually got three milk feeds um, as well. And that they don't need feeds overnight. Now, I think you can get varying opinions on that. I think it's got to be what works for the parents. But what we see is that the older they get and the more feeds they're still doing, the longer they'll keep them. So at the best, you try and get rid of the feeds overnight because they don't really need it. At the worst, I'd probably drop him down to one, so maybe resettle him the first time he wakes and then um, feed him the second time and see if that just naturally pushes out as he gets a bit older. Um, But the variation of when they sleep through the night is quite varied because I've had 12-week-olds that have slept through the night and never woken up and I've had great big 16, 18, 2-year-olds and 3-year-olds that don't sleep through the night. And I think in the end, it comes down to what the parents think is reasonable for that child at that particular stage. But I would be thinking at 10 months, if they were feeding, it'd be more in the three, four, five o'clock in the morning window, and that they should be able to go a healthy eight hours at least from when they go down to when they need a feed with all the food that they get during the day. So I think we could wean him down to one and then mutually you'll wean down to two. But when they sleep through the night, and look, you could take away all the milk feeds and he could still be waking up, is very individual to the parent and the child relationship. Okay. Well, good luck with that, Al. Um, we have a question from Lauren from the Helpline group, and that's also worth uh, mentioning that we have a special group on Facebook that is just for Helpline where you can ask questions there as well. Um, she says, hi, I have an almost six-month-old boy who gets up at 4 a.m. every day. He self-settles well, eats well, and has been on solids since four months. He naps two to three times a day at 8 a.m., 12 p.m. and sometimes 3.30 p.m. He has his last milk feed at 6 p.m. and goes to bed at 6.30 p.m. He wakes up very happy and not hungry and he isn't waking up cold. I have tried shifting the bedtime forward to 6 p.m. with no change to the 4 a.m. wake up. Is there anything I can do to get him sleep a little longer in the mornings? I I think this one's just about resettling and it's about learned ability because... 
Um, she didn't quite say how much sleep he's getting during the day, but he's got a nice rhythmic pattern going and he's eating well and she's got him down. Uh, the reason moving him to 6 o'clock put down doesn't shift to the 4 a.m. is because it's 6.30 that sort of initiates a night. So if you put him down at 6, it makes no difference. But if you put him down at 6.30, they sleep longer or 7. Now... He should be able to go to seven o'clock and that might make a difference in the four o'clock. But generally speaking, if they wake up at the same time really consistently, it's a sleep behaviour, not a timing behaviour. Okay. So I think this 4pm just needs some resettling. Like I, <laughs> I don't know about you, but there's no way I'd be starting a day at 4am. So That is brutally early. Yeah, that's a very long day for any anybody caring for him and the fact that he might have been up from 4am to, to 8am is also a really long period of time so I think I would be working on some strategies around resettling at 4am and not accepting that 4am is doable to get up okay. so yeah more resettling and resettling strategies at 4am I think. Okay. Well, good luck with that, Lauren. This one comes from Tamoyo, who's watching on the Facebook Live. Hello. She says, um, could you please help us fine-tune the transition to one day sleep? My son turned 16 months today and he start, and we started our second attempt to merge two sleeps into one about a week ago. We tried about a month and a half ago for the first time, but after three days he was broken, short one-hour day sleeps, multiple waking at night, and no self-settling. It was a disaster. Since then, we've been going for a short nap in his pram for about 10 to 15 minutes, around 10.30 to 11, then afternoon sleep at 2, 2 to 3.30. On our second attempt, his schedule was set up around 6.30 to 7, followed by a bottle, breakfast at 8, lunch at 11, put him in his cot around 11.45 for his day sleep, up at 2, dinner at 5, then bath bed, bath bottle book starting at 6 and bed around 6.45. His night sleep was not too smooth where he would wake up around 2 and takes a while to go back to sleep. After four days, his day sleep got shorter to about an hour. I attempted to resettle him for the short day sleep, 45 minutes, by putting my hand on his bottom. However, he did not fall back to sleep. His night sleep unraveled too. We would love to get some advice on how we can ensure he can have two-hour day sleep and how we can help him to sleep through the night. What can we do differently to make the transition better? Thank you so, so much. And that's from Tamoya. Uh, I think you've done the right thing that you recognised after three days that it wasn't working, so you went back to giving him the two sleeps. And a lot of people might just battle through that, but I think that's the right thing. It's, it's a child saying, I'm not ready. I'm not ready for two for two, one sleep in the day. The only thing this doesn't tell me, and you could correct me, Siobhan, because it's in front of you, is how long his second sleep is in the day. So he does a really nice little short day sleep in the morning. And this is how I would do it. I would give him a short morning sleep of about 15 to 20 minutes and then give him the afternoon sleep. But if that afternoon sleep is less than two hours, then generally speaking, when you move them to one sleep, it doesn't extend to the two hours. It seems to be just in the work that I'm doing with this age group, that if they can't manage a two-hour sleep, 
then they don't manage a two-hour sleep when um, they move to one sleep. And that's why it might have fallen apart. Well, it says here, uh, so up by 6.37, this is the second attempt, uh, put him in his cot 11.45 for his day sleep up at two. So it's almost two hours. Like it's just 15 minutes shy. I would think that was okay, 11.45 to two. Yes. Um, Wait a sec. He said after four days, I beg your pardon, after four days his day sleep got shorter to about an hour. So it started almost at two and now it's about an hour, probably a little bit less. She's tried to settle, resettle him for a short day sleep, 45 minutes, but he won't go back to sleep at 45 minutes. So sorry, he has gone down. He started well? Gone downhill. I think this hinges on the second sleep she's doing now. So with that second sleep, he needs to still do two hours sleep so that when you merge him again, that that consistency of being able to sleep for two hours is already in place. So I would leave him on two sleeps, but making sure that the second sleep he has, which is in his bed in the afternoon, is at least two hours long. So she's doing the first sleep around 10, 10, 10, 30, 10, 15, 10, 30, somewhere in there. And then she's putting him down about, from what it says here, about three, three and a half hours later. So I think the timing is right. I suspect it's that second sleep he's having now is mm. two hours long. I'm just and wondering if, I beg your pardon for cutting in there, Chris. No, you're right. Uh, I think that that was in the first attempt. And then on our, the second attempt, I don't think they're doing the two sleeps. It says on our oh, second okay. attempt... He's up at 6.37 and then they put him down at 11.45. So I'm, I'm thinking, but please, Tamoyo, jump in and tell me if I'm wrong, but I'm thinking that the second attempt, they've just lost that second sleep. Yeah. Then I would go back to two sleeps, okay. establish the long second sleep and then try it again. So some babies can take up to 18 months to move into two or one sleep pattern. Um, but I think the, the key is that they should they have to manage a two-hour sleep in the day before we move them into one sleep. So let's see if we go back to two hours and two sleeps and get him rested, then have another go at moving him forward. But he needs to be in bed at 11.30. So they need to make sure that they watch, that he doesn't get overtired in that first wake-up window, which might in time affect the way he goes down to sleep. So I'd go back and have him in bed at 11.30 and hope he sleeps till close till 2 and then put him down at 6.37. But at the moment, if they're on one sleep, I'd go back to two sleeps for about 10 days and then never give it another go from there. Okay. We hope that helps. We've got another um, question from Facebook Live, this time from Tram. She says, my little girl is six weeks old and I can hear her tummy bubble or there's noise when she feel, feeds and also afterwards her bowel movements are normal. Is this a sign she's got an upset stomach? I don't think she's got an upset stomach. I think she's probably just got wind. So in that first six weeks, you have a lot of milk and the baby takes in a lot of milk. And sometimes you can actually hear it gurgling in their stomach and down through their bowel. 
but actually that tells us that she just needs to be winded a little bit better in the middle of the feed and at the end of the feed. And that generally with um, maturity in the next couple of weeks, that will disappear. So just winding her a little bit more might help those sounds. I'm going to ask a stupid question. If they've never done winding before, how does she do that? Uh, So the most common way would be over your shoulder and you want to keep their back as straight as possible. But I find in that very young baby, you know, in that newborn six weeks, I usually sit them up on my knee and keep them nice and straight and then move them to my shoulder after a few minutes. And that moving of them is what actually brings the burp up. So sometimes you need to be able to use two positions to get an effective winding method going with your baby. Okay, brilliant. We've got an email from Kim. She says, I have a nine and a half month old boy who is exclusively breastfed, currently four times a day, as well as three solids. I'm returning to work in a few weeks time and my plan is to breastfeed him in the morning and evening after work, but wondering what's the best way to give him express milk for his other two milk feeds in the day. We've tried a bunch of different sippy cups and open cups. He's not very good with the sippy cups and tends to chew the nozzle. He's better at the open cup, but still not great. And I worry he'll only take a few sips and not take any more. Would love your thoughts on this. And she adds, I'll only be doing one, maybe two days a week to start with. So I was planning on pumping once at work in the middle of the day during these shifts. Do you think that's adequate or should I pump twice? No, I think pumping once is fine because a nine month old usually only has three milk feeds. So in this little time before you go back to work, I would reduce him down to the morning breastfeed, a lunchtime breastfeed, like before you put him down for his afternoon sleep, and then the evening one. Let your body adjust to that. Also, he might feed more effectively and he might take the milk more. I do find that babies drink better out of an open cup, assisted by obviously whoever's caring for them because they drink it, they don't sip it. So in time, they definitely take more volume by drinking out of a cup. So she can use um, the express milk that she's expressed from work and leave it in the cup. Make sure that it's warm. So somebody who's looking after him might need to sip the cup in a bit of warm water to warm it up a little bit so it's not cold from the fridge. And then I would get him to sip it across his meal. So across the lunchtime and maybe saving a little bit to, to do as um, he might, he's going down to bed, like in the few minutes beforehand, they offer it again. But he will take more out of an open cup than he will out of a sippy cup at the moment because he's obviously just not got the strength or the know-how at the moment to use a sippy cup or a straw cup and to take the volume. But that could be because she's doing four breastfeeds in the day instead of three breastfeeds. So dropping to three might also help him navigate across a straw cup or a um, sippy cup. Okay, we have a question from Kiri in our helpline group. She says, I have a nine-week-old daughter. I feel a little guilty for saying this, but she's a dream baby. She's exclusively breastfed. For her first four days while in hospital, she fed four hourly on the dot. When I brought her home, I started to feed her three hourly in a day because she's a smaller baby and she woke for two feeds at night. By six weeks, she was down to one night feed. 
I have to wake her for most feeds, but when she is awake, she's alert and active. For the past week, she's dropped her night feed altogether, sleeping from around 10pm to 6am when I wake her. I know I shouldn't complain, but she's barely in the third percentile for weight measurements. Today, I started two and a half hourly feeds so I could pick up that missed feed at night, but she barely slept, got herself overtired and miserable and didn't feed well. Should I go back to three hourly feeds and wake her up in the night or stick to the two and a half hourly? feeds. My son, now two, was the complete opposite, feeding two alley day and night and suffering from severe GERD. Is that how I say it? GERD? Good. I'm, I'm in uncharted territory. Okay. It's almost like she has the complete opposite. Yeah. So the really good thing is um, my version of sleeping through the night is from seven till six. And that baby is sleeping really well from 10 till six. So technically, it's still having a night feed. So I think they're okay. I would definitely feed her three hourly in the day. But if she's in the third percentile, it doesn't tell us whether she was born in the third percentile. But if she's dropped percentiles, we need to look at how effectively she's feeding because we'd only drop her night feeds if it was equating to a good weight gain. So if she was born in the third percentile and she's still in the third percentile, that's perfectly fine for her to go that six or eight hour window with three hourly feeding in the day. So that'll give her roughly six feeds in 24 hours in the whole 24 hours. But if she was born in say the 50th percentile and she's dropped to the third percentile, then there's two things we need to make sure she's feeding effectively so that we can continue to let her develop good sleeping practices. And she might need a top up at the end of the day just to help get her through. So she, she may need to see a lactation consultant or go to early childhood centre to just have an assessment of actually what is going on. But I would only do that if her weight is dropping. If her weight is fine, then I would feed her three hourly in the day, she feeds her at 10.30 and then she can sleep till six. She, she is doing really well, okay? So just a couple of things to consider when you've got a baby who seemingly is doing so well um, to make sure that she is actually doing really well. Yeah, well, I hope yeah. so. Look, we've got time for probably one last question and it comes from Alicia on our Facebook Live. She says, hi, Chris, my son has cow's milk protein allergy. He's almost eight months old. What age should I start introducing dairy into his diet and how, where do I start? Well, this one's a tricky one because it depends on who diagnosed it. So was it something that happened when he was a baby and we just haven't done it yet? Or is it actually an ongoing problem that's been followed up by the GP or by a, uh, an allergist? So if it's followed up by the GP or the allergist, then I think you will find you'll need to go back to them to get advice. If he had it when he was young and you just haven't given him cow's milk, then I'd go very slowly and try him maybe on a teaspoon of yogurt at lunchtime so that you could see if there was a reaction, you can do something about it. So depending, this one needs a little bit more information as to how that um, cow's milk protein actually um, presented itself and does it still present itself or is it that you're just trying to reintroduce things? So some people will do it with baked goods, you know, so, so milk is in something and then work up to a milk substance like yogurt or custard or something along those lines. 
Whereas if it's actually been a long-term problem, she may need to go back to her GP or her allergist to get them to recommend a program to reintroduce. All right. Looks like a little bit more info is needed there. Um, but Chris, that's all we've got time for today. And you know what? We didn't get through all of the questions, which is a shame. But thank you so much for being here and answering the ones we did have. Oh, it's always a pleasure. Thank you so much. And I will add before we completely sign off that if you are desperate to get Chris's advice, we do have the Sleep School with Babyology where you can book a one-on-one across the interwebs conversation with Chris Minogue or one of our other experts, which is, uh, jo- who is, I should say, Joe Ryan or Karina Lane. So make sure um, we'll put the links in the notes of this episode or also online if you'd like to go through and try Sleep School. Otherwise, you can get in touch by sending an email to helpline at theparentbrand.com.au or joining us on Facebook Live. So we'll see you next week. Bye, Chris. Bye. Feed, Play, Love is a babyology podcast produced and presented by me, Siobhan Hunt. I'd love to hear from you. So if you'd like to get in touch, email me at feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time.